We are the Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk. We will take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Uh, Today, we've got Paul Spears. So Paul is the founder of the New P&L Brand Purpose Institute and the host of the New P&L Principles and Leadership Business Podcast. So Paul, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Could you perhaps give everybody a bit of background on yourself and tell us a bit about um, the the business that you founded? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, I'm founder, as you said, of the new PNL Brand Purpose Institute and host of the new PNL Principles and Leadership and Business podcast series. Um, the podcast was founded about two years ago, um, and I founded it after a year, after many years, both in corporate side, but also running my own agencies, marketing, brand reputation management, and so on. And it came out of a um, a very personal experience I had in my own business when I had an agency, where we were the I guess the recipients of a series of quite unethical actions, and I thought at the time, being a being a creative at heart, that there had to be a, a better way of doing business than the one we were subjected to, one that focused more on purpose and principles and leadership. So the idea of the new P&L um, as a concept came to me at that time. And then two years ago, I launched the new P&L uh, Principles and Leadership and Business podcast. We grew exponentially, um, and we're now a I would suggest an internationally respected business podcast. We've got listeners in over 70 countries around the world, a few thousand listeners each month. And then I launched the Brand Purpose Institute uh, at the end of last year to to build on that proposition and to work with clients to to realign and redesign, refine the principles and the purpose that that underpin their business and then importantly, align them with the commercial, strategic and operational arteries to to ensure that purpose anchors everything you do in a business. So so it, it, is is that business a consultancy or? It is. It's a, it's a consultancy that offers either uh, workshops around principles and purpose, creativity and leadership in business, uh, direct consultancy at a strategic level with businesses, and also a, a range of programs that we implement to tactically and strategically deliver purpose within a business. So can I just ask, um, you, you know, I guess we're sort of surrounded by sort of uh, the media talking about things like purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been in a corporate myself, and I know that there was a sort of purpose agenda there. Um, what is it that you kind of can see that really is the kind of gap, I guess, in terms of this, because there's a lot of people who are kind of focused on it. So what are you doing, which you think is kind of different from everybody else? Well, I, I talk a lot in the, in the, in the keynotes I give and the workshops I give around the issue of vinyl values. And for me, they are those values that sit on, a, on an office wall or a boardroom wall, and they're supposed to espouse and demonstrate everything that, uh, that a business believes in terms of its value proposition and its purpose. What they end up being is, a, is a, the veneer or a substitute for the purpose and the principles that, that underpin that business. So we are working, I guess, the way we define ourselves um, against others in the purpose world, some others in the purpose world, is 
we believe that you can't just go in and deliver a workshop, deliver consultancy, offer some sort of strategy around purpose. You have to build that momentum and the milestones and to ensure that people are delivering and breathing and living purpose in that business every day. One of the descriptions I give is often businesses will treat purpose as a plinth. So they will build their value proposition. They will build the principles and the purpose that underpin their business. And then it's kind of like a plinth where people go back and visit every now and again and admire it and say, we're a fantastic business because we have this purpose. But there's no evidence of the way it is. It is a living, breathing organism within that business. And that is where we focus is how do you practically, tactically deliver purpose in a business? What are the, the small and the large incentives and motivations that enable people to deliver it every day? So, so again, are most of the people that you, uh, you're talking to, are they established brands who, um, or established businesses which have um, sort of decided that actually, you know, they, they want to go beyond the veneer, they want to really dig into kind of how to, how to be very purpose-driven? It's a bit of both. We do work with startups who are trying to define their purpose from the outset, um, but also we are working clearly with established businesses who need to redesign or redefine their purpose. And a lot of that has actually come out of the the pandemic in the last 18 months, because I think a lot of businesses believed their values or their purpose were being actioned within the business, but actually they turned in a time of crisis uh, back to the purpose that was supposed to underpin their business and found that it didn't exist or, or wasn't wasn't able to be drawn on to the degree that they would hope. So what we're doing is to try and re-anchor that business or re-anchor our clients' businesses back into purpose so they can, so everything they do moving forward has that anchoring or that underpinning of the, the fundamental understanding of why they're there and why they do what they do. So, so can, again, can I ask you, um... Are you dealing at what level? What, what level of the business are you dealing? Is it the sort of the CEO or his team, or is it you know? More... Yeah, I mean, it's my under, my belief that it will only work if the senior leadership has embraced this. You know, a few the senior leader asks me to come in and deliver purpose or a purpose workshop to the employees, and they're not actively engaged in this themselves. Then we generally won't do it because we need to ensure that change will only come from the top and intentional change will only come from the top so it has to be driven through leadership through a ceo through president through senior management um, and then filtered down into the employees because we can't push purpose up in an organization purpose has to be filtered downwards so i mean that's that's quite a um it's quite a statement you're so if if the right people aren't engaged you're actively will sort of turn business away is that, is that right yes because it because it's wasting their time and wasting mine because it's um it's important for employees to understand purpose but they have to understand that that purpose is in line with the belief and the intention and the purpose of leadership so if we are delivering at mid level or whatever it happens to be and it is not in alignment with the belief the ambition the intention the aspiration of the leadership then it won't go in, really won't go any further than that that room because the staff are not empowered to deliver that purpose in the business because it's not aligned with the purpose of the leadership. So, so when you're looking at, um, I guess, building your pipeline as a business and selling your, your business, you're, you're sort of quite focused on the, um, the level of the business that you're kind of targeting. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and would you mind me asking sort of how how you do approach things like sales as well because i guess you know going back to my previous comment there's a lot of noise in the marketplace so how do you kind of make sure you stand out compared to i guess other consultancies which are going in who would be saying very similar things I mean, we have been fortunate to date, we are a relatively new business, and we've been fortunate to date that a lot of the work we've had thus far has come through uh, referrals, through the network I have and the understanding of what I do and what we deliver as a business. Um, the new PL Business Podcast is a great vehicle for amplifying our thought leadership around the key issues that matter in terms of principles and leadership and sometimes conversations that come off the back of from listeners and, and from audiences off the back of the new PL has introduced us to new brands so we've been fortunate at the moment that our pipeline is mainly generated through referrals and through the conversations we are having as a result of the podcast so i mean and that's kind of fascinating in its own right so you're using the podcast as a way of kind of lead generation in many ways or you know it's it's a it's an outcome not necessarily the the, the what you're trying to do it's um... yeah it's not it's not the motivation um for the new pnl the the new pnl as i said at the top of the conversation the motivation was it had came from a very personal place something we had experienced and we wanted to push to create a, a global movement around principles and leadership and business around more purpose-led businesses and more principled leadership the the outcome one of the benefits is because we are committed to our purpose and we are committed to delivering quality and deep discussions around principles and leadership is that some people are approaching us as a result of those topics we're raising the people we're speaking to the conversations we're having so it's a it's a wonderful outcome but it's not the motivation of the podcast the motivation of the podcast is to create a global mo movement around principled leadership and purpose-led business and i think you know i guess i guess because you're you're starting from that point it's a very authentic thing and actually what you know i i observe is that people are drawn to authenticity around yes. the whole sort of purpose-based movement so you know it seems that that the kind of power of doing things like podcasts people can kind of see what 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 what, what motivations are yeah, and it you know it would would be very difficult and rather disingenuous of me to be, I guess, going in and discussing purpose and promoting purpose and engaging businesses in purpose if we didn't have our own authentic purpose sitting at the heart of our organisation. No, I completely, I completely agree. I mean, particularly if you're going into, you know. Uh, agencies and the kind of creative industry which would kind of see through or i mean every everybody would see through this stuff but i guess in particular the agency market so so i, I mean i think just in terms of uh, the industry i i mean are you are you targeting spe specific parts of the industry i mean i guess your background's the creative side of things is that right Yes, but no, we don't. We don't target a specific industry. Who we're working with is a particular type of leader, or characteristic of leader. So it doesn't matter about the industry we're working in. What matters is that the leaders we are working with understand the the need for purpose. Understand why purpose underpins a business. Understand that they need to do something about joining that gap between the 
the aspiration of purpose and the tactical implementation of purpose. So it's more, more about the mindset and the characteristic of the leaders we're working with rather than the industries we focus on. Oh, no, that's very interesting. And do you do you see a kind of difference in the work that you're doing with startups? So, you know, I imagine, you know, if you have a blanker sheet of paper um, as a startup, it's perhaps easier to kind of set yourself in the right direction rather than kind of reworking what's what's there. I think the the fundamental difference between working with an established business and working with a startup is not just the blank sheet of paper, but actually you don't have to re-engage staff that have not been engaged in purpose in the past because the leadership hasn't been able to articulate it. So right from ground zero, from start, you're able to develop that purpose and develop a plan for how you demonstrate it, how you articulate it, how you practically deliver it in the business and how you engage employees as a result. A conversation I was having a couple of days back about I guess retrofitting purpose into established organizations is there is no neutral when it comes to purpose in business. So either a business is delivering and articulating and demonstrating their core purpose, or if they're not, then the employees have made up their own decision about what the purpose of that business is or the lack of purpose of that business is. There's no employee that is sitting there waiting to understand what the purpose is. They will draw their own assumptions and their own expectations of what this business is and what it can deliver for them and for, for the wider world in the absence of that core anchoring of purpose. So it does make it more challenging in an established business because you have to almost, you have to change the mindset of many employees as well as the mindset of leadership. If you start from the beginning with a startup, you're able to lay that solid foundation rather than breaking down a crinky foundation and building a more solid one. I mean, it's fascinating. And I guess, you know, going back to kind of COVID being a driver for, for this, um, again, I can see from a startup point of view that, you know, there's, I'm sort of surrounded by a lot of startups who want to do the right thing and they purpose drip. But, you know, going back to the more established brands, their employees have been, you know, largely sat at home. And I guess that's given them more time to think about things. That's right. And, um, you know, you're kind of seeing a lot more people being a lot more vocal about, you know, the businesses that they work for and, and kind of lack of purpose, plus other things as well. So, you know, um, it's, it's a kind of been a fascinating time. So in terms of the work that you're doing, does that sort of fit into um, the uh, ESG kind of dynamics of the business or is this sort of slightly separate? It's, it's, it's related to it, but it's separate in the sense that it needs to sit, you know, as I alluded to earlier, right at the very heart of the business. So your, your application or your intention when it comes to ESG and many other elements of business would feed out from an understanding of what your core purpose is. You know, you would have better governments governance, you would have a more commitment to the environment, you would understand your role in society as a business and what your responsibilities are to society and so on. So purpose sits beneath everything and I think that's one of the big challenges when we're having conversations with some leaders is that it's seen a little bit like a tick box, you know, we've got our mission, we've got our purpose, we've got our philanthropic approach, we've got our um, document that talks about our commitment to ESGs and so on, but actually 
purpose isn't just another adjunct to business. It needs to fundamentally underpin everything. It needs to, everything needs to funnel back to it. It's the primary anchor that will drive the business and drive the business's direction and the way you think, the way you act, and the way you, you move your business forward. So it is related to it, but it's related to every aspect of a business because it should underpin every aspect of a business. When you think about how that business develops, when you think about the strategic plan, when you think about the mission and the values and so on, if you have purpose underneath it, then you should turn back to look at that anchor for all of those things in the business and think, how does this initiative, incentive, whatever it happens to be that I'm about to deliver or think about or de develop, how does it align with the purpose of the business? So I mean, just for, again, for clarity's sake, because I think a lot of people get confused between purpose and vision and mission. And, you know, there's a lot of people who'd be listening to this who might be thinking of starting their their own business. And, you know, they'll have read about all of these things. What's the kind of difference between them, if you, if you wouldn't mind? Sort of yeah, absolutely. So the purpose purpose is the foundation. It's why you exist what you're trying can to do. You, is there a sort of like, I don't know, a real world example of a brand which you could kind of just give us in terms of a purpose? Well, Patagonia is the, perhaps the most obvious brand that, that lives its purpose. It sees itself as a business within society that has responsibility to society. It's not just a manufacturer of product or clothing. It sees itself as a business for good. And so when you look at a vision or a mission, just to go back to the first point, the purpose underpins the vision as what you see for your business as a result of that purpose the role you see in your for your business in the world and the mission is how you're going to deliver that vision that has been drawn from your purpose and someone like patagonia they see themselves as a business within society they see themselves as intimately woven with society more generally and that's why you see all of those initiatives that come out of patagonia like support for environmental causes like um, the bricks and mortar and the online business they have to take back Patagonia clothing and re-sew it so people can use it again rather than always subscribing to fast fashion, whether it's not jumping into Black Fridays and various other retail initiatives where it's really just a consumer exercise to maximise profit. They pull back from some of those things or they donate the profit from others to environmental and social causes. So Patagonia is someone who understands, or the business is someone who understands that everything they do has an impact on society. So how do they be a business for good? How do they minimise their impact and still ensure that they can make a profit? One of the, the workshops that I deliver, and I talk about social innovation, we say there are three ways to demonstrate social innovation. One is in the product that you develop. Um, and that is to developing a product that has some sort of social impact, some sort of social good. The other are in the constituent parts of a product that you develop. So whatever product you happen to produce, let's say it's clothing, to use Patagonia's example, where are you drawing your cotton from? How is the labour being paid that is producing the product? What are the constituent parts of that product and how are you supporting social good, social impact as a result? And the third is what you do with the profit of that product. So whatever product you happen to be selling, how are you investing that both back into the business for the benefit of employees, but also back into the communities that you that you draw from, that you are part of. So I think businesses that recognize that they are part of society rather than just drawing from it, start to recognize the importance of having
purpose at the heart of it, and then they can demonstrate how their vision and how their mission acts on that purpose and how it supports and impacts positively on society rather than just taking from it. So it's sort of brand in action in every sense of the word. Yeah, so. brand, brand, building a brand with purpose, on purpose. So, I, I mean, just it's an interesting one, just sort of moving quickly on to brand, because, you know, again, I, I think a lot of businesses get mistake or mistake brand for kind of logo and color palette rather than something which drives behavior. I mean, do you think that's the case? And I mean, I guess it sounds like you're part of kind of trying to change that um, and using brand as a way of kind of doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's every brand will have a slight or every business will have a slightly different impression of what they're their brand should deliver but I guess that goes back to my earlier point about trying to rid the world of of vinyl values you know just the veneer of it depends on where you start with your brand if you start with your brand back at purpose back at the center and you work outwards and and the brand embodies everything that you believe is a business then that's the right way to approach it if you build a brand because you just just want to appeal to the consumer and it becomes a veneer and it becomes very thin. And, you know, as you suggested, and what's very evident in the world is more and more consumers, more and more stakeholders, more and more citizens are recognizing the, the thin veneer of a brand when it's been, when its primary motivation is just to sell product, not to recognize its, its wider role in society and responsibility in society. So you're absolutely right. Some people just see it as a strap line or a or a logo or a colorway or whatever it happens to be or a catchy name, but those those brands won't have a sustainable future because they're not rooted in the heart of what they need to stand for. They're rooted in the heart of just selling product. So, so I, I mean, I guess you're quite again. You come from a kind of creative agency background, um, and you know what you're delivering is kind of that that purpose side of things do you are you straying into kind of the creative side of things as well because you know i guess a lot of actually what goes on from a kind of big brand point of view in terms of that whole of that big big yeah big company point of view it on big regarding the brand is is you know agencies saying well it is about kind of look and feel and it's about the latest campaign you, you know they don't have that kind of depth around you know understanding philosophically what a brand is so i guess what i'm trying to say is uh, is there a need to kind of for the industry which is supporting all of this to kind of change do you think and i and i it, guess are yeah. you part of that change there is a need for the industry supporting that to change and i think you know it goes back to to a brand's origin story you know again why why no one no one started a business or you would hope no one started a business because they woke up on a saturday morning and they thought i've got nothing to better better to do this weekend let's start a business they start a business for because they believe they have a genuine solution to a challenge or they want to develop a new product or they they see a gap in some part of society or a challenge in some part of society that they want to solve with their business and then over time that business develops and it grows organically and it grows operationally and it becomes more and more and more about that bottom right hand corner of the the excel sheet or the spreadsheet it becomes about building another five percent on that another five percent and the creative industries are increasingly focused on how we generate another five percent ten percent and that has to be the case clearly 
But in addition to that, if you go back to your origin story, back to rediscovering why you exist as a business, what the purpose of your business is, why you do what you do, then it provides you with a wealth of content and and value that you can then feed into those campaigns that focus on that five or ten percent increase in in uh, in commercial value over over time. So it, this isn't a just a nice to have, and it isn't a an abstract, and it isn't something that detracts from building a business. It is something that is fundamental to all of those components as a business of a business, as I alluded to earlier. The more you understand as a business your origin story, the more you understand your purpose, the more you understand your why, the better you are in a position to build those creative campaigns that that leverage or sit on that foundation of purpose and strength and origin. That's very interesting. So returning to your the the business which you've kind of founded i mean have you sort of learned anything over the last couple of years which you know what have you done right what have you done wrong you know there's sort of some lessons that you'd be able to kind of share with us yeah i mean i've done loads of things wrong um but that's that's the entrepreneurial trip i guess um i mean i've you know i think i guess the main one over the last two years is and that's part of being a creative at heart as well, I think, is, is saying yes to too many things, you know, and sometimes those those things take you down rabbit holes. Sometimes they they provide wonderfully unexpected um, developments for the business. So you have to explore it. But saying yes sometimes detracts from the focus um, of your business, particularly in the early stages. The other, I guess, and it's a perennial problem for most entrepreneurs is perhaps getting the funding right from the outset. We we didn't source funding when we started this. When you don't, you end up in a position where you can't focus solely on the momentum of the business and scaling it and growing it the way you need to. You need to focus in part on the money you need to find before the yeah. end of that month, whatever it happens to be, to pay salaries and, and so on. So we probably got the funding wrong at the beginning of this. Um, and although I do I do kind of feel that in some ways, this question is hard to ask or to answer because everything you learn gets you to the point that you are, you know. And so the, the mistakes we've made and the, and the many positive things we've um, learned over the last um, two years have got us to the success that we are, you know, we find ourselves in now. And some of the things we've got right is we've never, ever compromised on on our purpose and on our principle that underpin the business. We are recognised for the deep discussions we have in our podcast, for the research we do in advance, for the thoughtful questions we ask. And that is because we put in an inordinate amount of effort into the preparation for each podcast. And sometimes we could just go back and revisit and do whatever we need to do and make life a bit easier for us. But then we would compromise on the on the principle of what the business is, which is to have deep discussions with powerful, you know, powerful discussions with awesome people delivering real insights for business. And if we don't do the research and we don't sit on that purpose and principle, then we're not being true to ourselves and we're not being true to the to the movement we're trying to create for a, a new PL and business for principles and leadership. So one thing I'm proud of and I think we've got right is we have never compromised on on the essence of what we're trying to deliver and the integrity of who we are as a as a podcast and now as an institute as well. No, and I think that really, really comes across. I mean, I think, you. you know, what 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 I, I really like about what you're talking about is just 
that that focus so you really know who you're looking for from a kind of client point of view as well so yes. you know i think often people in business particularly in kind of consultancy or services business forget that they're selling to a person not yeah. a, you know so finding people who can really understand your perspective and really get behind it i think is is interesting and i i love the way you're kind of doing it and it Thank sort you. of sounds as i say very authentic in terms of the approach you're taking with the podcast plus i'm sure you do lots of other outreach as well um but it's that focus which i think really comes across to me to be honest thank you i mean the the, the key is as you know and as, as all entrepreneurs know is to to never you know for me there are two two core things that have made this business a success one is never giving up um and i got <laughs> and i got that from you know my mum my mum is a has been a community activist in aotearoa new zealand where i come from for 40 years and she is the most determined individual i know and i've got that from her and you know we've got to have blind faith as entrepreneurs we've we've all told someone about our dream and we all recognize as entrepreneurs that that facial expression that basically says what the hell are you doing but they're too polite to tell you that but we all know that that look on someone's face when we're trying to explain our dream early and and the second really important <laughs> point is is and the new PL is evidence of it actually is to be totally intentional in the moment about your curiosity and your creativity because we all have ideas all of the time and it's taken me a really long time i think in my career to to take that idea that you have in that moment and write it down or curate it and revisit it and, and come back to it. If I didn't, that experience didn't happen to me when I ran my agency and I thought of the new P&L, there's got to be a better way, principles and leadership. I could have thought that was a nice idea, I'll write it down later. But something told me I had to capture that idea in that moment and keep revisiting it. And there's a five-year gap between the idea and the launch of the podcast. But I kept coming back to it and I keep coming back to ideas all the time because I've trained myself to capture the curiosity and creativity in the moment and come back to them and continually revisit it and that is absolutely critical because we all have so many wonderful ideas every day that might be the the lump of clay the genesis of an idea that might not be right for right now but it doesn't mean it's not right for some point in the future when context and experience and markets and companies change but if we don't capture that idea in that moment and write it down and curate it and revisit it that idea will die you know it's it's gone forever it's a fragile friend so we need to we need to keep curiosity and intentional in that moment capture the idea and that's one of the biggest for me one of the fundamental successes of the UPNL in the last two years is me being disciplined about capturing ideas in the moment and coming back to them and launching new initiatives or having conversations off the back of it we 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 have more leaks in our creativity than some of the water companies in the UK. You know, we, we let our beautiful ideas go all the day, all, every day, all day, because we don't think they're right for right now, but they will be right for some point when something changes. You've got to capture them in that moment and be disciplined about it. I think, I mean, that is such good advice. I mean, I, when I think about sort of the story of my life, there's so much I didn't capture and it's as you say it's forgotten and um you know so i think that's incredible well listen thank you so much for joining us paul i think that's been an incredible um 
it's incredible to hear what you're doing. It's incredible to hear the approach. And, you know, I really appreciate your kind of honesty about everything. Thank you, David. And thank, thank you very much for the invitation. I really, uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on and, uh, and talk about it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by The Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and The Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.